a quick and simple AI-inspired way to learn a language. How I used Python to automate my learning. Introduction. The special thing I found when I first started diving into the field of artificial intelligence was the infinite amount of parallels between how neural networks learn and my subjective experience of my own intelligence. So, I decided to write a series of posts about such parallels. I would summarize this first one with the following proposition. We can learn new skills faster if we frame the process as a supervised learning task. Learning as supervised learning. When I reference supervised learning here, I am talking about the idea of models learning by leveraging exposure to relevant examples using an advanced pattern recognition system. If you are involved with AI you have seen a picture like this. Yes, the inputs, the outputs, the cost functions. But, on its core, supervised learning fascinated me because it directly spoke to the way I learn all sorts of different subjects. This becomes clearer if we break down the intuitions behind the main concepts involved in a basic neural network. Inputs, data with patterns one wishes to grasp. A forward pass, transformation of this input. A cost function representing how far the output is from an ideal goal and a backward pass where the model can update its strategies to learn better. It is easy to see how such steps relate to our human experience of learning. You dive into a new field like math, combat sports, or cooking and you don't know much about it, but the more you are exposed to examples of these topics, the more you learn even without consciously trying to. Learning through exposure. Take kids for example. Photo by Ben White on Unsplash. In this very enlightening talk, psychologist Chris Lonsdale points out that babies learn to speak partially because they are constantly exposed to adults who are experts at that particular language and can provide them with helpful feedback, so they pick up on the language just by basic trial and error. Now, I don't want to get into what kind of complicated loss function these kids' brains are trying to optimize. Because that is beside the point, although a very interesting one. The point is, they manage to learn without having to appeal to some complicated system or rule. They learn it through their exposure. Consider how many adults who start to learn a language try to do it by attempting to learn the rules for making grammatic expressions rather than just exposing themselves to the target language and allowing that exposure combined with an acute awareness guide their learning process. At this point you might be thinking, okay, we learn from examples, so what? For complicated stuff we still need to sit down and read countless books, process an infinite amount of information, get bored and procrastinate. That might be true but there is an interesting way to tinker with our brain's innate capacity to make associations, which means treating ourselves, to some limited degree, like a learning machine, meaning, for the purpose of this article, to automate exposure just as we would do with a machine learning task. Learning French through programmatic exposure. To clarify, I'll give you an example. When I was in Brazil, one of my big dreams was to learn French. I, like many Brazilians, did not have the opportunity to go to France and hang out there to learn it so, for a while, I was quite upset. Photo by Cyril Mazarin, right, on Unsplash. However, I came upon this idea of systematic immersion in the environment of the target language, so I wondered, if I programmatically expose myself to French will I learn enough to acquire the language? 
Upon some reflection and realizing I did not have enough time to just study French all day, I decided to do something a bit unconventional. I gave a Pythonesque twist to things and decided to automate part of this process. Steps to automate exposure. As I quickly mentioned before, in most deep learning projects you usually deal with a pipeline composed of the following, a dataset, with the input data the model needs to learn the task, a forward pass where the data goes through the model and it is transformed to an output representing the model prediction, a cost function that tells you how wrong the output of your model is, a backward pass to update the units allowing the model to learn and some type of evaluation process enabling you to know how good the model is when applied to data it has never seen before. Given these structural components, what I did was to use Python to build a simple system that resembled this type of pipeline so that I could automate my exposure to relevant content. Let's go through each step one by one. Dataset. I built a learning curriculum made out of links to videos, articles, textbooks with all the content from the web I thought could help me understand the language, I suggest around 20 to 40 links covering video, audio, and text www.youtube.com 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 tell.archivesalverts.fr www.pc.fr lejournal.cnrs.fr I wrote a script to transfer the links to a.csv file and create the following columns. Links with all the sources to learn. Attention underscore level how much attention you are putting in a given source, from just background noise to focused, as a number from 0 to 10. Session underscore time to record how long you spend on each link. Date to record the date of the session. Session underscore score to record a subjective score of your understanding of that particular source. Last underscore index for when you stop learning in the middle of the dataset and do not cover all the sources. This way, in your next training session you can pick up from where you left off. Forward pass. I set up a script to go systematically through the entire list of sources in the .csv file, using Python's web browser framework to access the URLs. At each step, the user is prompted to give a score to its attention underscore level to that content which is subjective but it gives you the opportunity to grade your attention as you move through the content. At the end of each link the user is prompted to give a score to its performance, session underscore score. One epoch would be going through the entire material on a batch of the dataset. Meaning, going through one or a few links per epoch depending on where you stop. Cost function. I see a cost function as a proxy for a learning goal to which you compare the output of your model at each step of the way to know if you are doing well. In this case, the cost would be a metric of performance at a language task which varied depending on the type of skill at hand, reading, listening, writing, speaking. I measured each individually. Listening, I measured comprehension by listening to videos and assessing how much I understood by re-watching it with subtitles. Speaking, I measured only pronunciation, this is the easiest thing to measure when you are starting out so I would repeat certain chosen phrases from the material until I felt like I sounded reasonably well. Writing, I practiced on Duolingo for a few minutes because it is easy and it gives you quick feedback. 
In addition, I would finish the day with a little writing sample written in French summarizing what I had learned and then compare it with what I meant using Google Translate. Reading, I would read an article and again double-check the meaning. I graded all these skills and stored them in the session underscore score variable that I collected with the script. Backward pass, or updating your strategies online. Although we lack access to the gradients of our neurons, we do have access to our thoughts and mental awareness as we learn, which we can use to assess what could be updated to increase learning. Below are examples of my mental process for updating my learning strategies. For the low attention sessions, I would just leave the audio in the background and repeat the words I could understand out loud to practice pronunciation as I mentioned before. If I was sensing that the low attention sessions were working poorly I would do more focused ones, with a higher attention level. If the high attention ones required too much motivation, I would switch back. This procedure did not guarantee an increase in accuracy, but it guaranteed constant awareness of my mental state as I learned the content. This became a lateral skill that improved my learning process. The main idea here was to be mindful of what was working and what was not, so in this case the idea of a backward pass just serves as a euphemism for updating your strategies according to your online perception of your learning performance. Evaluation Evaluation, in this case, is tricky, because I was not paying full attention to everything in the same way. Therefore, any feedback mechanism here would have been noisy so I used a few different approaches that did not involve any automation per se but, again, only a guided self-awareness. Language parent. Another great technique from Mr. Lonsdale, a language parent would be someone that helps you learn without negative feedback. For me this was a friend who was a native French speaker. In the absence of someone qualified, you can use foreign meetups to be around people that can give you feedback on how well you are doing based on how much you can communicate with them, expose yourself. Watching novel content with French subtitles. This was an easier and effective evaluation technique. I would watch something new with subtitles in French and I would do just a personal evaluation of how much I felt I could understand by re-watching it with the original subtitles. Reviewing the cycle. At this point the idea was to use the same dataset for two or three weeks, doing one full run of the entire dataset every two or three days. In this way, at the end of the cycle you feel that you have captured the maximum that those sources could provide. After going through the entire dataset of sources at least 20 times, I re-evaluated if it was worth to add more content or to remove it. Personal results I was quite pleased that after around one year of implementing this method I learned to speak enough French to communicate with any French-speaking person without relying on English. The fascinating thing that I learned with this experience was how much I could absorb just by automating the learning process to remove the mental energy involved with the entry barrier to start a study session, in this case just running a single line of code in the terminal. Env underscore one, C, backslash backslash path backslash backslash to backslash backslash folder backslash backslash, PY, I learn underscore this dot PY. Conclusion. The most important point is that my main source of learning was the exposure. The amazing advantage for humans in comparison to neural networks is that we can create our own datasets for our own learning goals and we can control what goes inside our minds and how. 
By combining programmatic exposure to acute awareness, I was able to learn a complex language without the hurdles of a classical chapter-by-chapter learning procedure. When you are exposed to anything in your life, you are, even in some minimal sense, learning something, be it the patterns that make up the events that happen before your eyes or the chains of potential causes that might be responsible for each of them. When we try to learn by going through the full rule structure that makes up that process, like learning mathematics by memoizing all its theorems, we are implicitly telling ourselves that understanding that subject involves the exhaustive mapping of all its rules, which is something that carries within itself a tiresome psychological load that can wear out even the most prolific learner. As humans, we have the disadvantage of being wired for constant self-assessment which inherently leads us towards paths of self-sabotage when we decide to tackle a novel subject. However, it is this same self-assessing nature that allows us to implement powerful changes to guide us towards higher peaks in our learning ventures. Learning to deal with this mental trade-off is the key to becoming skilled at anything. There is a lot we can take from this simple idea that our brains are wired for pattern recognition. The main of which is that potentially countless subjects, not all, can be framed as a supervised learning task. All we need to do is set up our training dataset, the exposure to examples, and make sure we don't second-guess our updating mechanisms as well as our performance throughout the process, meaning we don't think too hard about how well or how fast we learn. The source code for this project can be found here. In my next post, I intend to go further into the many parallels between learning as a human and learning as a machine using the literature available as my guide and practical examples to clarify. Leave a comment to let me know what you think. That's all for today, thanks, see you next time.